Here we go. It's November the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Bible Study Wednesday. And we'll be taking a look at Proverbs chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. This is entitled, Wise Ways to Live. And it's part three of Solomon's Proverbs, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, it's very important to understand that the book of Proverbs is not just talking to citizens of the country. It's making a distinction between a believer and an unbeliever. Each proverb does that so that we can have an idea of what God's will is for us today. So verse one begins, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, another way of looking at it, a soft answer means a gentle answer, turns away rage. Why does the world become enraged at what Christians say? Because we not only talk about the gospel, we also talk about the law. And the law enrages people because it accuses them of not being as nice as they think they are. It accuses them of falling short of the glory of God. And it indicates to them that they need a savior, that there is nothing they can do to save themselves. So a gentle answer turns away wrath or rage. Uh, For example, let's say that you have a friend and he learns that you go to church every Sunday. And so he asks you, what church do you go to? And you tell him, well, it's the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And then he asks, well, why do you go to church? Now, if you say the following, this would not be a soft answer. If you say, Well, I go to church because I learn that unless I repent, I will be going to hell. So you better repent also so you don't go to hell. See, that that would be a not a soft answer at all. That would be a harsh word. It's not that it's untrue, but it's inappropriate to begin a mission statement with such a sentence. A harsh word actually refers in the Hebrew to a word of pain. So it's kind of like somebody has a new suit or a new dress and they ask you, uh, how do I look? And you tell them, oh, you don't look very good at all. That would be a word of pain because they had taken the time to buy new clothing that they thought looked good on them. And yet you tell them, no, you don't look good at all. That would be a harsh word. It causes pain and stirs up anger on the part of the individual. Now, 
these early verses in Proverbs 15 are about speech. A soft answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. But it's not just about the content. As we said, you can give correct content, but it is the way in which you deliver it. The attitude that you have when you deliver the content of the Bible. I tell you, there are other radio stations that say that they have full-time Christian teaching. And yet when you listen to them, you're hearing mainly law. What do I mean by that? They're accusing people of falling short of the glory of God and telling them that they better shape up or else heaven will not be their home. It's said again and again. It is important to preach the law, but then when a person comes to a recognition that they are falling short of the glory of God, it is important then to preach the gospel because the gospel is the method by which God has saved us. It is the means of grace because we are saved by God's grace. We are not saved by our works. The works that save us are the works of Jesus Christ. Verse 2, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge. Now, that's referring to believers. And their tongue actually presents knowledge as good. In other words, the tongue is not always a harsh word that stirs up anger, but it can be a wonderful word of the gift of the forgiveness of sins. This is in contrast to what the other part of verse 2 says. But the mouths of fools pour out folly. That really can be translated as the fool's mouth spouts out stupidity. Now, we've talked about that term, folly or stupidity, that's found throughout Proverbs. It's not referring to a lack of knowledge or a low IQ. It's referring to understanding things that are contrary to the word of God. For example, a individual may be on drugs and they think that they're able to fly. So they jump out of a second story window and guess what? They can't fly. That's stupidity. God makes it very clear that we have certain limitations on our abilities. And those limitations we ignore, particularly when we deal with what's unrepentant sin and live a life of unrepentant sin. That's a form of stupidity. So the tongue of the wise, they 
present knowledge in such a way that that is seen as good. But the mouths of fools pour out folly. That is to say, they tell us and advise us to do things that are contrary to the will of God. Think when you were a student or are a student, how many times are you tempted by other students to do things that you know are in error? That's the mouth of fools pouring out folly. Verse 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Now, what's that referring to? Well, the word Lord in the English has capital letters, which refers to the name of God that Moses received on Mount Sinai, Yahweh. It means I am who I am. That is to say that when I say something, it will come true. I like to translate it as, I fulfill what I promise. And how can he do that? Because this first part of verse 3 is talking about his omnipresence. What does that mean? He is everywhere. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. There's no place that he is not aware of. And we're talking not about his actual being there. Like, for example, when Adam and Eve sinned, they went and hid in a bush. Well, that's where God is also. But it's also talking about that he is where your motivations are. He can read your heart. So many in Israel continue to pretend to worship at the temple because they wanted the benefits of God. But even though they did the sacrifices, they did not believe in the true God, and they believed in other idols worshipped from the Canaanites. And that's why God allowed them to go into Babylonian captivity for a time, to teach them that, no, my eyes are everywhere. And verse 3 explains that his eyes are everywhere, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Now, that doesn't refer to just evil things and good things. It's talking about the evil people and the good people. He would keep his watch over them. For the good people, he has promises that nothing will occur to you if you are a Christian that will not work out to your advantage, to your good. That's Romans 8, 28. You'll, you'll never have a temptation beyond what you're able to endure if you turn to Jesus Christ for help. There will always be a way of escape. This is what is meant by keeping watch on the good. And keeping watch on the evil means that God will take care of the evil also. He will repay. And that's very important 
to remember that we do not have to take vengeance on someone because God says, I will be the one who will take vengeance on them. And that vengeance can mean a Babylonian captivity to wake up them to the fact that they need a savior. Verse four, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Now, when you look up that term in the Hebrew, a gentle tongue, that often refers to a tongue that brings healing. Now, we're not just talking about physical healing. A a doctor can do that. You come in and you have maybe a painful headache, and he can tell you what particular pill you can take to get rid of that headache. And so, therefore, his gentle tongue becomes a tree of life. But it also refers to spiritual matters. A gentle tongue would be the opposite of a harsh word. And the gentle tongue would be talking about the holy gospel in telling people that their sins have been forgiven and that you are saved not by your works, and you would be able to boast about that, you are saved by God's grace through faith, not by works. So a gentle tongue can be a tree of life. What's that tree of life? It's referring to the tree of life that we will also experience in heaven. It's that tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve were not able to receive because of their sin. And in order not to take from that tree of life, they were removed from the Garden of Eden. But in Jesus Christ, we're restored to the image of God, and we will be going again to heaven itself, where there is a Garden of Eden, much described like the Garden of Eden that was found with Adam and Eve. So that's why a gentle tongue can bring forth healing by the tree of life. But perversiveness in it breaks the spirit. Now, that's referring to a tongue that is crooked and it shatters the spirit. In other words, We may not be aware of this, but many times when we don't listen to God's word, we are shattering our spirit. It can mean that it shatters the spirit at the day of our death when we don't go to heaven, but go instead to hell. So crookedness, and that is not believing the word of God, and not teaching the word of God. This is why we as Lutherans really make a big deal about attending a church where the word of God is taught in its purity and the sacraments administered rightly. Because when that does not occur, you are hearing crookedness and that can lead to a breaking of the spirit. For example, there are churches that really believe that you're saved by your works. 
but every person comes to a realization that their works are not sufficient to save them, and therefore their spirit is broken. That's what happens with false doctrine. It breaks the spirit. Five, a fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Now that verse is a wonderful proverb talking about what the father's instruction is. It is reproof. In other words, as we've said many times, no parent receives a child, either born or adopted, that is sinless. So the child needs to hear the father's instruction, which is also a way of talking about discipline. Discipline doesn't just mean punishment, but it also means reproof. And what is reproof? It is correction. So there's no doubt that a parent helps a child with instruction and correction. Now that can refer not only to spiritual matters, but also to matters in the secular world. I remember when I was a child, I got a pair of shoes that had to be tied rather than just slipped into. And my father spent a half hour showing me how to tie shoes properly. I learned that from him. That was a way of instruction. Because if I did not tie my shoes properly, they could flop around, they be could become loose, I could trip on them and fall. And so whoever heeds correction, whoever heeds instruction is prudent, which means they are wise. And that's what the book of Proverbs is. In fact, it's what the book of the Bible is all about, giving you instruction and correction for prudent people. Verse 6, in the house of the righteous, there is much wealth, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. Now, does that mean that the righteous will always have much wealth? That was a teaching of Judaism, where the Pharisees gave the impression that you are being blessed by God because you are wealthy. But if you are not wealthy, if you are poor, or if you have some ailment, like being blind, or being mute, or being lame, or being deaf, or being a leper, then that is a punishment from God. And therefore, when Jesus began to heal these people, he was going against the will of God. He was taking away their punishment that he had no right to do. That was the thinking of the Pharisees. And therefore, Jesus was destroying their understanding of religion. Their understanding was not the Old Testament understanding, but Judaism, a different religion 
probably begun around the time of the Babylonian captivity. So, in the house of the righteous, there is much treasure or wealth. That's not referring to money. It's referring to the wealth that one hears when we go to church and hear that our sins are forgiven, that comfort is at the will of God and through his holy word. So it doesn't matter whether or not you're poor in money or whether you don't have the property that others have, you have much wealth when you are a Christian because of the benefits and blessings that are given by God. But trouble is ready with the income of the wicked. We, we realize how many times wicked people may win the lottery, but within a few years they're poor again because they do not know how to handle money properly as God desires it to be handled. So trouble can befall the, even the income of the wicked because it cannot buy the peace and comfort that comes from the word of God, the promises of the gospel. Verse seven, the lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of fools. That kind of reminds us of verse two, that the tongue of the wise commends knowledge. That's because the lips of the wise spread knowledge. It doesn't matter if you're not a pastor, you can be a Sunday school teacher, uh, you can be a parent teaching your child at home the wonderful ways of the wise, spreading knowledge, which is the knowledge of Jesus Christ and what he did for you. So regardless of your situation in life, guess what? The lips of the wise provide you with commendable knowledge to help you get through life. But not so the hearts of fools. That is, those who do not know the knowledge of God and who are ignorant of the wisdom of the Spirit. This leads to verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. Now, the best Bible verse to understand this would be Jesus' parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee thought that he was doing sacrifices to God. I fast regularly. I give a tithe each week. Those sacrifices are an abomination to the Lord because the Pharisee had the impression that by doing these things, that is what was saving him. It would be like a person going to church saying, oh, I know I go to heaven because I go to church every Sunday. I attend the Bible class. I, I give an offering. No, 
none of the things you do saves you. Now, these are things you do once you are totally saved, because then your sacrifices are not an abomination to the Lord, but they're a thank offering for what he has given you. And that's quite a difference. So even the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him or favorable to him. Remember the prayer of the tax collector? God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And he wouldn't even look up to heaven when he said that, in contrast to the Pharisee, who really was by himself in praying his prayer, because God was not there to listen to it. It was an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright, namely, be merciful to me, was favorable to God. Finally, verse 9. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who pursues righteousness. Now that can be understood that the way of the wicked is disgusting to the Lord. Yes, there are things that are disgusting to the Lord, and Jesus experienced them from his own disciples. Women were bringing their little children to have Jesus bless and touch them, and the disciples reproved them. Jesus said, Permit the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. And then, of course, there was that woman who was asking Jesus for help, and the disciples told Jesus to either ignore her or give her help so that they could get rid of her. They did not have a proper understanding of what is appropriate for the Christian. The Christian is to help out those in need. And that's why Proverbs chapter 15, 1 to 9 is so important to help us understand what God considers as his ways of righteousness. And that's why God loves him who pursues righteousness. And we'll continue to pursue that righteousness on tomorrow's program. I'm Tom Baker. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. Or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.